Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. And in today's broadcast, you'll also hear about Huckleberry Funk, a high-powered funk, R&B, and soul band based here in Bloomington, Indiana, all in the next hour here on Bring It On. But first, Josefa Luce is the Latino Programs Coordinator for the City of Bloomington. She, along with Gavin Everett, a City Commissioner for Hispanic and Latino Affairs, and the Community and Family Resources Department, Safe and Civil City, the Bloomington Arts Commission, and the Department of Economic and Sustainable Development are pleased to announce a unique cross-cultural experience called the Second Annual Bloomington Blackie Brown Arts Festival, or BBAF. As if we need another acronym. <laughs> And uh, Tuesday, May 14th, will kick off the Blackie Brown Arts Festival with a pop-up block party outside the Ivy Tech Waldron Arts Center, which is located here, 108 West 4th, featuring the following acts. David Davia, uh, and his handle name is Matisando. Matisando. Thank you very much. Uh, Flower Mouth, Elena Escudero, Side Hustle, and, as I mentioned earlier, Huckleberry Funk. Um, Friday, May the 17th, that evening will be inside the Ivy Tech Walden Arts Center, again, 108 West 4th, uh, in the galleries portion featuring local artists such as Tislam Swift, Baba Stafford Berry, Contril Booker, Shay Warfield Cross, and Sophia Crespo. Saturday, May 18th, will be a family fun event at the Banneker Center, and efforts have been made to give space for visual performance arts and art vendors with a variety of art styles and forms, including but not limited to spoken word, visual arts, ceramics, performance, dance, and craft. Well, here to elaborate more are Josefa Luce and Gavin Everett. So Josefa and Gavin, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I have been looking forward to this. Uh, <laughs> Gavin and I met probably about, what, 10 days ago? Yes, sir. And uh, he, uh, we, we had tea at the Bloomington Tea Cafe. That's not a shameless plug. It's just a real neat place to go <laughs> have place tea. For, good place for tea. And we had a long conversation about this, not experiment, because this is the second year. That's correct. Um, and, and we talked about sort of the uh, genesis of this. And in a minute, I want you to share that with our listening audience and, and some of the groups that have been involved in, in your grand vision, along with others that I listed who are working with you. Let's start right there. Uh, either one of you chime in. Where did this all start? Well, <clears throat> okay, then this all started actually um, about, what, just over a year and a half yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. We, uh, at one of our commission meetings, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and in Houston every year they have a rodeo and livestock show, which is hugely uh, popular in the, in the area, and it, it changes the curriculum at the schools, and they, they get the kids involved for showing art and um they do plays, they make pottery, all sorts of stuff that's related to Western culture. Um, and we found that in, in the Houston area, it's a very um, diverse community, well integrated. And so there has been uh, historically 
a lot of African-American and Hispanic and Latino farmers and ranchers, and so it's well adopted through the community. So I've, I've said to our commission, we should try to do something where we bring the members of our community out, let them showcase their art and culture. And uh, we talked about it, and we said, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And I went home that night, and then around 11.30, I got an email from Josefa from the city, and she said, could you please be back at City Hall tomorrow at 10 a.m.? There's some gentlemen that want to speak with you. And I said, absolutely. And so I, I showed back up at 10 a.m. and I met uh, with Rafi Hassan and Sean Starowitz from the city. And they said, hey, tell us your idea. And so we, we talked and then Rafi said to me, I have a very similar idea. Um, I wanted to do something like that with the African-American community here in Bloomington, kind of model it after the Atlanta Black Arts Expo. So Sean looked at us and said, okay, you too. There you go. Now you do it. So we started the process and we, uh, we have a, a big vision, obviously, but we scaled it back the first year to make sure it was successful. Um, and so we had a four hour window at Banneker on May 19th of last year. Um, it was a Saturday. And we reached out to our community, said, hey, if there's artists out there, African-American, Hispanic, Latino that want to be a part of this, please come sign up, show, showcase your art. Um, and we had a pretty good turnout from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so this wonderful idea mm -hmm. started with, as always, conversations. And yes, sir. as far as the incubator city to try these type of new things, Bloomington, you can't beat Bloomington. No, you really can't. And I think um, I have to give a lot of thanks and credit to the community and family development resource department, sorry, community family resource department, um, the economic sustainability and, and the, the arts, uh, Sean Starwood, the assistant director of the arts for the city, they definitely embraced this idea and said, yeah, let's see what we can, what we can do. And so we really had a, had a good experience from it. Yeah. I, I remember as well, like last year when first originated as well, I don't know, but Re Beverly Calendar mm -hmm. Anderson was there yes. and it was really a nice, neat experience. I like her um, post-it notes, remember? Mm -hmm. I remember so that, to get yeah. ideas and yeah. So I, I just remember, I'm like, that was one of them, and that's when we're like, um, let's, Gavin, you know, mm -hmm. let's make this happen, let's make this work. <laughs> right. No, I do remember that. We were sitting around kind of discussing the areas that are that the commission works in and, and how we can really promote good cultural competency here through the community, and I think this is... And inclusivity to, yeah. like to make sure that our community is involved, blacky brown, mm -hmm. here we are. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So. Well, so from year one, mm -hmm. it starts off as just a one-day event. Four hours. Yeah. Four hours. Four hours from to 12 now, to 4. To now three days. To three days. And marrying several cultures, but because it's not just Hispanic and African-American, but Native American. Right. We're, we uh, recognize that there we should include Native American. Um, members of the community as well when we talk about our, our, our black and brown community here in town. Hmm. Well, through the power of radio, we have just uh, materialized <laughs> a co-anchor who, who's seated next to me. And I know that uh, she was not followed by law enforcement because she may have set new speed land records <laughs> to the city of Bloomington. And I can't, I can't get mad at her because she knows that I'm her big brother. and. Uh, I'll chide her later, but nevertheless, uh, we are joined by Roberta Radovich, uh, who knows everybody in the city of Bloomington and is aware of a lot of the different um, festivals that go on. I have to before I forget. How was uh, commencement weekend for you? Oh man! <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. 
I mean, La Casa's uh, Latino graduation mm. busted out Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. Mm. Like, the people just kept coming and coming. So that's a fantastic, fantastic thing. Um, that is one of the most moving oh. ceremonies. Oh, man. Because the, the testimonials are shared. Oh, yeah. Parents the are, are there. there. Families, the families are there. Families are there. Yep. Wow. The families get a, a, a certificate along with the students. They deserve it. <laughs> they get very, very <laughs> emotional. It's very beautiful. And then the um, what is now coined the, the black grad, which it is not a commencement ceremony. It is not it, a commencement. It is a black congratulatory. But it has probably, a, what, a 25-year run? Oh, gosh, yes, yeah, since 1986 or 7-ish. Wow. And it has far outgrown most of the space because – not only are the graduates recognized, family are recognized, and relatives, significant others, and everyone just descends on that one site wherever it's held. And it's become a mainstay. And just as with the uh, Latino uh, graduation ceremony, I I pray and hope that both will have longevity and just far outgrow their current space. Oh, yeah. And they're on track to do Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. Uh, Over 289 names were called for um, Black Congratulatory, and that, that included groups scholars program highest number of graduating seniors in a cohort oh they they eclipsed it well good good yeah so but i am so excited about black and brown gavin i remember bumping into you (laughs) bj's last year and you were just so excited and um so i really want to know did you um it's expanded to three days is part is that partly because the scope of um, the kind of um, artists who want to participate. Um, yeah, I would. Have I would say that as well. Um, without trying to sound too like proud of the event, it was very successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had great feedback. You know, we. Um, if I can, I'll tell you. You know, when, yeah. we, when we were designing this, I mean, we had three basic goals we wanted to see come out of this to have a successful festival, and we said the first thing was that we wanted to provide a space for artists to collaborate, um, specifically our artists of color in the community, to get to know each other, to have that interaction and share ideas. Yeah. Many times artists don't realize that there's other artists that also want to communicate and meet each other. Yeah. So that was our first one. The second one is that we wanted to definitely have a moment where a dialogue started, a, a conversation occurred, a question happened that maybe helped change the mind or opened the mind of a person who came to see the art, you know, and they walk away going, I gained something from this. Mm-hmm. And then the third goal was going to be that we wanted to have long, like some kind of continuity through the year. Mm. Um, we always talk about things like uh, Valentine's Day or MLK Day or Arbor Day. And all these days have a very specific focus. And it seems like many times we focus on it for that day and then we move on and four days later we forget about it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want this festival to become something that's just consumed. Like, oh, there's something to go do. It has to have some value. It needs to continue through the year. And we were fortunate enough to hit all three of those goals. We had definitely created the space. We had artists that didn't even know each other were artists but knew each other. And so mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I went to class with this girl, and we walked t- to the bus stop every day. We never talked about mm-hmm. art, and now we both realized we're artists. Um, people definitely had a, a change. Like, their minds were exposed to different cultures. There was questions asked, even for myself. And, you know, I try to be as, you know, on the front end of trying to be knowing what's what's happening. And even there, you're like, wow, I didn't know that. That was great. I learned something. And Well, well Josefa, let me ask you, where do you see this 
uh, spinning off into? What do you what do you see this morphing into over the years? Well, eventually, hopefully, and the goal is to make it like a week long. Mm-hmm. You know, like make it expanded and to grow because I see that our community as well is growing, um, both you know Latinos as well. Like, and as you know, the Latin within the Latino community, there's diversity in there as well. So it's really challenging at times, but at the same time, is that's that's the good thing about that. Um, that we get to learn from each other and then also invite them. So I definitely feel like from last year to this year, uh, the artists are very happy. They're excited. They're mm-hmm. um, one of them in particular, Latina. She was she she was excited when we to- when I told her. I called her and I'm like, hey, congratulations. Um, You've been um, selected to be participant because we have to select, make sure that um, you know it fits the our our theme, our uh, motive, the mm-hmm. reason. And so um, she was so thrilled and excited, and um, she was just all for it. Right? She's been emailing me, contacting me, and I'm <laughs> like, okay, okay, hold on, like, yes, this is the next step, and all that. But yeah, I really definitely see it expanding from. Um, you know, one day last year, well, four hours last year, um, it was one day for us, like right. it was a whole, <laughs> a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, you know, three days this, this year, maybe we'll see what next year brings us, yeah. um, especially hearing feedback from the community, from participants, um, from the artists, and, and working from there. I think it's mm-hmm. important to listen to our community. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited by this family component you have. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd like to talk a little bit more and share? For which specific um, For Saturday, May For 18th. Saturday. So on yeah. the 18th, we have, it is an all-ages kind of event. We take the Banneker Center, we reactivate the gym space as the, the floor where all the artists have their wares, where you can buy their art, even buy their services. Some of them do contract work. And, um, but upstairs on the top floor of Banneker, we're going to have smart arts, which is a organization here founded by some students at IU that teach art to minority students, underrepresented groups. Um, And so what they're going to do is have an educational component in the upstairs of Banneker where they are teaching art to the kids, but also showing them how culture intersects with that. Um, and a really easy example would be like if they're making friendship bracelets, right? Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're making it maybe with the colors of the flag for the country they're from. There would be just a quick, hey, we're going to talk about what those colors represent and why that, why that uh, speaks to this group of people. Um, we're also going to have a poetry slam room that is for 13 and up because, um, you know, at first we said it's family, family. And, you know, then we realized that the people that go to Banneker experience life in a very real way. Right, it's not it's not some very polished area. It's you're at a, you're at a center there. A lot of times, kids are going there because mom and dad are working, and and they deal with real life challenges. Mm-hmm. So the the spoken word and poetry room, Banneker asked us to s- please let that be somewhere where the kids that are 13 and up can actually speak about their real world experiences. Mm-hmm. So and be authentic. With yeah. So we're mm-hmm. gonna have we're gonna have programming from kids from like basically toddlers to 12, 13 mm-hmm. and up, and then everything in between. And so is there a recording or sort of some documentation? Yeah, that, that, of, that, of this event? of docu- That documents especially the young people sharing their experiences? Um, or? Well, we will have, um, I'll have at least one videographer and two more photographers on site that will be working uh, on all three events. So we have some, re- we have some really talented videographers mm-hmm. and photographers going to be working on this. So yeah. there will be great documentation. I imagine the city's going to want to, probably borrow some of that to, to show it off. So to yeah. Do some promoing yeah. for yeah. next year. For the next one. Yeah. Um, the reach of this, uh, the first year, mainly local, mm-hmm. uh, and then other s- nearby communities, 
Yeah. Um, this year, I do know that I have reached out to uh, contacts in Northwest Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a very large Hispanic population, and uh, she had agreed to sort of send it out to her various yes. and sundry yes, thank networks. Yes, by the way. Um, so hopefully Eve, um, mm-hmm. Eve Gomez is her name, and some may even know her from her podcasts and, um, and other online contributions. She's going to try to get the word out. Yeah. And do you see people coming in from different parts of the state? Or Yeah. Um, you want Well, yes. The answer is yes. Um, so, yeah, we have um, had applications because they have to submit the um, application online, and then we will follow up with them to see, just to let them know whether they got in or not. Um, but it was really interesting because we saw someone from St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. Yes. Wow. And I'm like, I was telling Gavin, I'm like, I don't know. I think he's, he wants us to hire him. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you have to, which is, you know, that's your art. That's great. You have to, um, that's, that's your, mm-hmm. your job, you know, whatever. Um, but I remember um, I was telling Gavin that I'm like, yeah, but um, go ahead. We, we split the, the artists into different, um, you know, I'll take this one. You take this one. Sean will take that one. Shatoya also. She's not escaping this. <laughs> <laughs> she's contacting the artist. And, um, um, and so go yeah. ahead. So I, I, did, I called, I called <laughs> the gentleman. I reached out to him. I said, hey, um, just want to touch base with you. I said, you know, the art you've shown is really great, and we really like the look of it. I said, did you realize that we're in Bloomington, Indiana? Right? And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, well, how did you, how did you hear about it? He's like, I just started searching for, like, you know, festivals that feature artists of color. And he found us and was, he's like, I want to come. I want to be a part of it. And so he's coming. And I, I really, at that point, yeah. I said, okay, you know, if you want to be a part of this, who are we? We should not exclude people. Right? right? So we have. It's, p- it's inclusivity. Yeah. It's, it's engaging our community outside of Bloomington. And I'm glad you share that with Northwest Indiana as yeah. well. I actually contacted my um, family members. <laughs> They also live in Northwest Indiana, mm-hmm. Holbert. Mm-hmm. And um, my nieces are, and my nephews as well, they're in the Ballet Flocorico. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't make it, but I was like, hey, maybe next year, because they have to do a fundraiser, fundraising event at their um, hometown as well. But yes, I'm also trying to reach out our um, Latino, Latinx out mm-hmm. there, come and, and um, apply. <laughs> well, what, what I think is really particularly fascinating about the work that you're doing, it's just, it's so on... So on the pulse of things, um, I had the opportunity to interview Jane Chu, who's the former uh, presidential appointee for the National Endowment for the Arts. And um, and she said something very important. She said that uh, we were kind of disappointed thinking about how politics can really um, shift and shape kind of the climate of supporting um, local arts and local nonprofit or arts organizations. And she was very um, inspired, actually. She really didn't want to get too down on the realities of political climate. And she said that actually in times like these, you really see what communities are made of and it really starts to shift art from, um, uh, that 
it, it starts to, you start to understand that art is process and community building. Mm-hmm. It's not just the product. So sure. it's not just the dance. It's not just the physical, right. the physical thing of the material culture being created, but it is the ways in which those things bring communities and bring yeah. people together. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, here goes Bloomington, <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> once again, you know, doing that exact Right. work sure. doing right. that work of no matter what is going on um, in Washington mm-hmm. <laughs> or at the state capitol um, we here in Bloomington believe in the power of communities the power of personal expression right. the power of um, uh, t- touching the sublime through the artistic process mm-hmm. and and bringing people together in that right. so kudos to the vision architects of uh, the black and brown uh, art movement here. Roberta, you are so diplomatic. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, (laughs) If you've just tuned in to uh, to Bloomington, uh, Bloomington, Indiana's uh, (laughs) Bring It On, uh, we are speaking with Josefa Luz, who's a Latino programs coordinator for the city of Bloomington, and Gavin Everett, who is one of the city of Bloomington commissioners for Hispanic and Latino affairs. Now, we have about four minutes left. Now, we we really did a good job of announcing the dates, and we'll do that again. But this time, let's talk about start times Mm -hmm. and what to look for. And then I want to talk about some of the entertainment that will be going on, because in our next segment, we have um, one of the groups that will be performing. And we sort of use that as a teaser Mm -hmm. in the earlier part of the broadcast. So let's start off with Tuesday, May 14th, Mm -hmm. when do things start, and then through Friday and then Saturday? Well, the, the concert officially will begin at 530 Okay, so it starts at 5.30, it'll go till about 10.30 in the evening. So we did that so that parents and family can get home from work, Mm -hmm. bring the kids out into a, like there will be no, it's a non-alcohol, it's a very family-friendly event. Outside, Outside, 4th Street. On 4th Street. Between College and Wallet. And if you're not familiar with it, if you know where WFHB radio station is, that's where it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Friday, May 17th. Friday, May 17th is going to be inside the Banneker, uh, or inside the Ivy Tech Waldron Art Center. My apologies, okay. the Ivy Tech Waldron Art Center. And that will start at 7.30, goes till about 9.30, just mm-hmm. a couple of hours. And we're hoping that, you know, couples will come out or people will come out, individuals that are dressed up a little fancier. It's a little bit more of a, a fancy event. Mm-hmm. Maybe before you start your Friday night downtown, you swing by the Ivy Tech Waldron Art Center, check out some art and performances, and then go enjoy what this wonderful community has to offer. And then Saturday, I think we talked about that's uh, the family-friendly mm-hmm. Saturday morning through mm-hmm. afternoon. 12 to 4. 12 to 4. So we hope you don't go out too late Friday night because <laughs> you want to make sure you wake up and come Saturday morning. So but perhaps yeah. after the, uh, I believe, the um, farmer's market starts or oh. has that started yet? It starts from 8 to 1. So you have plenty of time to go farmer's market mm-hmm. and then mosey on over. Right. Uh, and now uh, let's talk about some of these groups that will be there because I know – that on Friday, uh, there's gone, there, there will be a lot of energy. And one, one group in particular we have in the wings waiting to talk. Mm-hmm. But if you could talk about the uh, lineup on sure. Friday night. The Friday night lineup? Um, well, on Friday, we have uh, some of our local artists. Tislam Swift will be performing. He's going to be singing several pieces. Uh, Baba Stafford, who is the director of the African American Dance Company, is going to be performing as well. We have uh, Contrell Booker. Contrell is a makeup artist so he will have live models walking around where everything's going on he's going to have yeah. um, some very very fully painted figures of and people which should be a sight if to be seen he's really great you guys if you can make it 
please be there <laughs> for him it was yes <laughs> it's so amazing last year at banneker center mm-hmm. he, it, i was really impressed i was like what what is he did on um, black panther um oh. somebody like Suit. It was really, really neat. Yeah, it was. Anyways, continue. he did the full, the full <laughs> thing of a yeah, Black Panther yeah. for the one guy. Um, we also really have cool. Shay Warfield Cross, who you may know from local talent of mm-hmm. Fat Pockets. She's going to be doing some spoken mm-hmm. word and poetry for us. Um, Elena Escuduro will also be performing, and then we have Sofia Crespo, Crespo, who I am super excited about. Josefa, can you Flamenco. tell us? Flamenco. Yeah, so Sofia Crespo is a high school student, at North High School. She is performing um, um, flamenco dancing which is, um, she has had several, several years of experience, originally from Costa Rica. And so it's something that she wanted to be involved and engage right away. I, you know, she, it's, yeah. So you have to be there for as well for her. For, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Everyone actually. And so those will be fun. Each of those performances, you're probably seeing about a 20 to 25 minute performance. So it's okay. just, like, as, as you come into the Ivy Tech Waldron and you're checking out the art, you might get to hear a piece or two. Maybe then you want to stick around or you want to go, the next piece will come on, but yeah. Well, we, we reached that point where, <laughs> uh, you know, as good things usually go, time runs out. But uh, one of the groups that will be performing, we have uh, invited them out tonight, and they've uh, conceded, and they're here. But we want to first thank uh, Josefa Luz, uh, thank La- Latino Programs Coordinator for the City of Bloomington, and Gavin Everett, and one of the City of Bloomington Commissioners for Hispanic and Latino Affairs, for joining us to elaborate more on the second annual Bloomington Black E. Brown Arts Festival uh, the acronym, which will become very familiar over the years, BBAF. Hashtag. <laughs> is that a hashtag? hashtag There'll be some hashtags. Oh, okay. <laughs> now it is. Now, now, now it is. <laughs> Scheduled for Tuesday, May 14th, Friday, May 17th, and Saturday, May 18th. And for more information, is there a website? You can go to the City of Bloomington's website, I believe, to the Hispanic and Latino Affairs. Uh, Commission of Hispanic and Latino Affairs. Their website. Yeah. Safe and Civil City. Mm-hmm. These are free events. All of this is free. Thank oh, yeah. you for and that. And some of the artwork free is for purchase. Free right? yeah. e- Clarence, either, even you can afford this. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There That's you right. go. On the, and on, you on the fabulous budget that... Uh, WFHB but, pays its <laughs> but I will say this: please <laughs> do bring your uh, your your folding money on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So that if you find some art from our artists, I mean, we will have artists there. Joel Washington um, will be there. Taryn Dickerson will be there. There's some amazing artists lined up for just sale. for for sale. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can buy art that you love, take it home, put it on your wall, and help out your local artists. Perfect. And with that, thank you, thank you both thank for you joining so us, and we must get you back again. <laughs> we do.
Silky Smooth by the Bloomington-based band Huckleberry Funk. As mentioned at the top of the hour, Huckleberry Funk is performing in this year's Blackie Brown Fest during a pop-up block party outside of the Ivy Tech Walden Arts Center, which, again, is 108 West 4th, right in front of the station here, scheduled for next Tuesday, May 14th, and that'll begin at 5.30. They'll be one of many groups that will be performing that night. Huckleberry Funk is a high-powered funk an R&B and soul band based in Bloomington, Indiana. Their live shows have earned them a reputation as one of the most exciting and entertaining live performances in the entire Midwest. Hailing from Long Island, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Bloomington, the members of Huckleberry Funk were brought together by their shared love for gritty, groove-centric music. Welcome. Yeah, she uses that language every day. (laughs) (laughs) Huckleberry Funk is comprised of lead vocalist Dexter Clarty, lead guitarist Mike Gronkowski. I'm sorry, Uh, I I got confused with the... uh, uh, the, the Patriots. Uh, Gronkowski. Gronkowski. <laughs> for a second. Mike Gronkowski, keyboardist and saxophonist. Alex Dura, bass and key bassist. Matt McConaughey. No relation. Uh, okay, uh, Matt McConaughey. Yeah. He's a programmer and drummer. And Byron Bowler. And they are managed by Christian Lamont Smith, who's in high demand everywhere. Gentlemen, welcome to Bring It On. Welcome, Thank guys. You. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Now, we have uh, uh, the, the manager in one of the hot seats, and then we have uh, Alex Dura, the bass and key bassist. Now, is it true that the – no, 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 the keyboards and saxophonists. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, we started a, a riot up here. I wish I played bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, where did the name come from? Yeah. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Or, or can uh, you share with us during the 630 hour? But I, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, okay. So – just to make a long story less long, uh, we started off as a different band <laughs> with a different cast of characters, right, guys? And then um, we kind of just evolved into something else, and we needed to come up with a name. So we, I, I don't know, it just sounded good, so <laughs> we stuck with it. We really enjoyed playing funk music and kept that in the name, and it's just evolved into what it is now. 
Okay. I've, I heard uh, different, um, not samplings, but uh, mm-hmm. different uh, elements of artists, uh, some who have gone on. But uh, I thought I heard um, uh, a little bit of... Um, Oh, help me out. I just said it earlier. Rick James. Rick James. Yeah. yeah, sort of a rift or two in there. Yeah. And uh, it starts off almost a little confunctionish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. so just different elements you've combined over the years, right? Yeah. So you're high-powered, high-energy, and you did perform. I, I saw you in performance when you played for the Neil Marshall oh, cool. uh, Alumni Club reunion mm-hmm. uh, back in 2017. I don't All know right. yeah, yeah, yeah. if that was part of the, the sort of the old – guard uh, or maybe some people were there back then it, but uh, it was part, it was early in the evolution er, sure. early in the yeah, evolution yeah, yeah. well you all were sounding good and okay. um you're here tonight and you'll be playing for the blackie brown fest um and the organizers of course are very uh, grateful to have you be mm-hmm. a part of that because you you not, you bring the energy to what will be a great celebration a great time of celebration now, from the management end, how, how easy it, is it to, to manage and corral these guys? Is it like herding cats, or, or what is it like? <laughs> no, nah, these guys are pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they're all smart guys. They can keep themselves together. Are, okay. each, are each of you guys at some point were members of the IU Soul Review or not necessarily? Um, yes and no. I mean, some of us were part of it. Uh, I think it was just me, Mike, and Dexter who were currently – who members of the band who used to be part of the Soul Review, but yeah, I guess that's just it. <laughs> okay. So just I know that I, I I know that the the business aspect of that was really huge. Probably during the your your guys your tenure mm-hmm. was with Tyron Cooper, right? Yes. And he just really has a real strong emphasis on the business end of it. Do you feel that that is helping uh, your team evolve even I'm, right now? Yeah, I mean. We we owe a lot of what we do now to Dr. Cooper. He has been an ex- like a huge influence in all of us. I mean, yeah, like I I didn't get to work with him one on one, but I'm sure when Mike gets up here, he'll tell you more about him. But yeah, Dr. Cooper, like just great man. We love him to death, and yeah, we've learned so much from him. So now, were any of you working with Crystal Talaferro when she was here? Mike and okay, Dexter. so all right, and she also is is sort of she's a business on time. If you're on time, you're late type person, and yeah. uh, she's very meticulous, and she brings just that raw enthusiasm even in, in performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, in this in the Bloomington music scene, scene, and I'm trying to think is is the right phrase. Independent artists, yes, absolutely, 100. percent Do you work with other groups? Do you do you number one know that they're there? Do you just happen to bump into them when you're performing at different venues here in town, or how does that how does that work? I mean, we we know who who's around. You know, like mm-hmm. we gotta keep up. It's just like any other job. You know, we mm-hmm. just gotta keep up on our information and you know know exactly what's going on not just in bloomington but in chicago and new york and la and new orleans all these other cities Mm -hmm. because we are trying to you know become a national international act so scaling it's (laughs) it's like studying you know you just got to study what's around and Mm -hmm. figure it out from there yeah Yeah. so you borrow a little bit from old school but then you're out looking at what's fresh and what's what's out there now um to that end what do you think your big break moment has been so far? Um, I mean, I think we're still working on that. <clears throat> Within this past year, I just started managing them uh, almost a year ago. Okay. Sometime this month. 
Um, my biggest thing is trying to get them into different markets. So playing in big music markets such as Chicago, uh, Nashville, New Orleans, New York City, which we've been to all those places in the past couple months and we've been invited back. Um, we actually have some shows, a string of shows coming up in June in New York City. Um, my vision behind that is, is getting these guys into these different areas um, that will bring maximum exposure because the product is great. The music that they make is great and their performances are just full on experiences. Um, so really dominating those areas. Um, I feel like if we continue to do that um, and just stay with it, you know, keep our, our head down and grind hard, um, we will find some success with that. So are you branding yourselves as an all ages act or are you thinking of yourself as college act? I mean, no, so what's I, your what's your audience? I think audience? I think everybody I think the, the demographic is wide open for these guys. Um, we Actually, a few months ago, we played, uh, I work at the Banneker Community Center, so we played an event for the little kids, and the little kids enjoy them just as much as if we go and play. Um, <clears throat> we just had a gig this past weekend um, playing for um, like Rev Indy, Re Rev Indy but it was like... Oh, I bet yeah. the uh, the Speedway? Yeah. 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 Oh, so okay. that kind of crowd, you know, yeah. like... Yeah. Everywhere we go, yeah. they make fans. So, and I think that's special because typically, um, artists or bands will have you know the college scene, or they'll have you know this demographic or this demographic where these guys can take all of that and I, capitalize. I think that speaks to your. Uh, we got about two more minutes here before mm. we're gonna break and listen to some your awesome music. But I think that speaks to the sort of multiculturalism. The y'all are bringing like the East Coast folk into the Midwest. Yeah. Some of y'all are part of the Soul Review. Some of you have mm. not necessarily. It's just such this beautiful blend. Do you feel that that's kind of what your strength is? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, we're like, I mean, our music is very diverse as well. Uh, for a live show, we play, if we play a two-hour show, it's never gonna be more than like 10, 20 minutes of the same genre of music. Mm. So that's a cool thing. I mean, we all come from different parts of the United States. We all have different cultural backgrounds. It's We've all grew up listening to different music, you know? So it's just like, I feel like any type of band who is that, it just kind of happens, you know? Yeah. Just kind of mix all that stuff. I also just wanted to say, the stuff that we are doing now, like traveling and all that, nothing would have been Nothing, none of this would have happened without our manager and without CJ coming on board with us and putting, having like, just, you know, he trusts all of us, we trust him, and it's just great to have him around. Yeah, it'd make my job easy. <laughs> well, we have less than a minute to go before we uh, hear more exciting sounds. Um, we don't have an applause track to give CJ that applause, but right. the members of the band are here. We call that improvisation. I and uh, I have one last question before mm -hmm. we, we hear the, the next clip. Are, are you all going to still be performing like the Stones when you're 65 and 67? Mm -hmm. and oh, up there the on walkers and whatnot. <laughs> still jamming, <laughs> filling up honest, you know, stadiums. And, okay, on that note, we're going to hear another selection from Huckleberry Funk.
keep me running, baby How did you become so cold? Maybe I'm a fool in love But the chase is all I know, girl You're the one keeps me on my feet heard on my feet by huckleberry funk and, and roberta it's okay it's okay she's swooning <laughs> over here everybody and uh it's all right it's just it's a song swooning music. It's, it's, it's just a song okay <laughs> but on my feet and now is this from an an album project or yeah it's from our first uh ep called the teardown it's available on all streaming platforms um we released it, uh, when did we release it last? September 21st, 2018. Boom. Oh, okay. So. The 21st night of September. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh, we're coming for you. Okay, on the lead vocal on that was Dexter Clardy, who is not with us today, but Alex Dura was there. You heard him on the keyboards uh, as he was uh, just sort of tickling the keys, as they say. Seated now in the hot seats we have. Uh, Matt McConaughey, the bass player. No relation. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, Mike Gronsky, guitarist. And no relation, right? Okay. Right. <laughs> no relation to Matt. <laughs> okay. Listen, Mike, I want you to share my most favorite story. I know this doesn't have anything to do with Huckleberry Funk particularly, but I want you, you're not from Indiana, and um, you, hadn't, you hadn't necessarily considered uh, IU Soul Review exactly until you had some exciting and wonderful and inspirational interactions with Dr. Coop. <laughs> Can you share a little bit like what he means to you personally? Like and how that experience with him kind of inspires you to be doing what you're doing now post grad and all of that. Absolutely. Uh so when I came to Bloomington back in 2014, uh, a couple days in it was welcome week and the Soul Review was playing at uh uh, down in front of Show Walter Fountain. Yeah, by Culture the au- Fest, probably. Exactly, yeah. at, uh, by the auditorium. And I heard all the classics, and I went running over, and I ended up actually meeting Dexter and Dr. Cooper uh, for the first time ever that day. And 
after auditioning for the Soul Review three different times, I had finally gotten accepted into the class, um, which is through the African American Arts Institute at IU. And it was being directed by Dr. Tyron Cooper at the time. You just call him Coop to make things short. Um, but basically, I was uh, I was hanging out with some friends one night after that third audition, um, and it's their auditions every semester. So it was the beginning of my sophomore year, and Dr. Cooper called me at about eleven o'clock in the evening. <laughs> he said, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> I said, "Mask is calling." <laughs> he goes, "This is Dr. Tyron Cooper." I said, "Oh." How you doing, Dr. Cooper? Uh, he said, what are you doing tomorrow morning, boy? <laughs> he said, bring, bring your guitar to my office. I said, where's your office? <laughs> and uh, I showed up, and uh, he basically sat me down and asked me what my intentions were in music and what it meant to me and what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, and I told him very seriously. I looked him dead in the eye and said, I want to be a professional musician. Uh, and... The result of that was him taking me under his wing, and he said, listen, I'm, I will teach, I'm willing and able to teach you everything that I know, mm-hmm. and if you take that and just, like, work with it as much as you human, humanly can, um, you'll have everything you need to make that succeed, which then brings us to the band, and... Uh, <clears throat> Like I said, or like uh, like you all mentioned earlier, a couple of us have spent a really great deal of time with Dr. Cooper, particular, particularly Dexter, Alex, and myself. And uh, just from the moment he wakes up to when he picks up a guitar to when he walks into a classroom to when he's shaking your parents' hands after a concert, um, he carries himself in the most professional, loving, and like uh, just... Uh, ambitious way um, and that has been one of the biggest driving forces for all of us um, and that's that's a big part of how this all kind of kicked off with Huckleberry Funk. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, um, we just heard two styles of music. Do all the members have the, the luxury and, 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 and latitude to write songs or is there someone who is assigned as the uh, sort of the songwriter of the group it's very collaborative it's always you know every song has its own story including the way it's written so you know sometimes people come in with most of a melody maybe some lyrics and even chord changes so it's like really just kind of filling it out um, to making it a whole song and the other time sometimes people will just come in with a groove and maybe Dex will vibe with it and kind of like make some lyrics and then maybe go home and like flesh that out and have come back with some verses and then we'll jam on it again. So it can be, you know, very different. One song we've like completely just made on the spot before. Other times people will come in with a completely finished song. So it's, it's you know, we take it where we can get it and it also keeps it fresh and exciting. Has that happened in a concert where someone gets a groove going during a concert? <laughs> Next thing you know, someone else starts jumping in. And yeah, it turns to old fashioned jam session. That leads us to All Dried Up on our album, The Teardown. That song has been reborn several times, I think three, maybe four. Um, And the most recent was uh, a few months ago at a show here in town at the Bluebird, uh, where we will be this Friday 
with a uh, lovely, lovely company, National Axe, Krongbin, and Sudan Archives um, as part of a Kurt Vonnegut Festival, if I'm not the, mistaken. The Grand Falloon. Grand Falloon Festival. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, decided to take some liberal changes on the intro that they let me start with the guitar. And uh, I gave the side eye to Alex and then everyone else kind of got thrown into the boat at that point. <laughs> and became one of the number one hits. Huh? <laughs> That's what we're gunning for. Yeah. All right. Well, um, right now there are currently um, five members in the group. Correct. Um, do you see the group expanding, or it depends on what talent someone may bring to the group? Um, I think the expansion right now is more in the business sense okay. not as much in an instrumental sense all right uh it, it has to be understood that like you know we're trying to make a living out of this and there are a lot of mouths to feed and bills right. to pay right and we want to keep this lean and efficient while still having access to as much like music musical capability as possible okay. um so the expansion really falls under a lot of what cj has been doing for us christian also known as cj our manager um and uh, yeah, that that has really been our greatest endeavor this past year, um, okay. and where we've seen the most personal growth. Now, the reason why I bring that up because seated next to me is a, is a female vocalist. Oh my <laughs> god, that's not even uh, close. And and hey, she give could us be, a couple bars. She nah, can be your lead close. female <laughs> vocalist. Lay, lay it lay it down, uh, Roberta. Terrible. Audition and, uh, right now. <laughs> She goes by the stage name Berta. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> As in Berta Flack. Right. As in from hey, Roberta that's good. Flack. We'll take that. And, and on that note, I think we, uh, <laughs> we have another sampling coming up. And uh, we have, I have our, our wonderful engineer, Chantal LaFontaine. Uh, go ahead and, and cue it up and play it. Tell you I'm sorry mm, But listen clear 
In the background, you just heard girl with a thigh tattoo. Not an arm tattoo. Not a back tattoo, but a, a thigh tattoo. Nowhere else, but I'm bringing on. I am blushing right now. Yes, she is. <laughs> she was swooning a minute ago, <laughs> but now she's blushing. We have uh, other. We have one other band member here, uh, Byron Bowler, yes, is seated. He's a drummer. Um, now, and I'm not going to start a, a quarrel amongst the band members, but somebody sort of provides the, the foundation for a song. Is that the bass or the drummer? I mean, it's sort of percussive, so is... Is it safe to maybe just leave that alone and just say, Byron, welcome to bring it on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, how we do it is usually, like uh, they said earlier, um, somebody will just start riffing on something, whether it be Mike or Dura or even Matt. Um, and what I kind of do is just come in and if I'm, whatever I'm feeling, All right. I kind of just hack it in until it makes sense. All right. So, um, but it's all like a, a team thing, you know. So all the great drummers started in church, you know. <laughs> did you start in church? Um, Where did you get your inspiration? Honestly, not really. No? I mean, I watched a lot of people growing up uh-huh. um, in church, but I, per se, didn't start in church. Okay. Um, now, I've played in church, and yeah. I play in church now. But, um, man, parents playing music all the time. My dad's a drummer. Okay. So okay. that was major. Um Lots of just outside influence. Every my whole family is musicians or music minded, so yeah, just a lot of influence around. Influence. What what was what's some of your most favorite music you grew up with? Oh man, um, all the old any sixties, seventies, eighties R and B. Okay, my parents are in their early sixties, so yeah. I didn't have a choice. Oh, the whole gamut. You've really right, been exposed right. to everything. So I Fantastic. love Motown. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Motown. Uh, they have the Motown 64 greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a staple oh, yeah. in every home in America. Well, it used to be. Maybe <laughs> yeah. How about the blues? Yeah, the actually. Blues? Um, I played with a guy named Django Knight, and we were playing in, like, fifth grade. We used to skip recess. Uh-huh. And seriously, in uh, practice in, like, a closet – and I would play on like roto toms and like I would hit on books and stuff. But I don't want this to be about me. I don't want this <laughs> no, 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 but you no, know no, it no, is. No, I mean, no, it is. No, it's 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 all each of you, and then together see, as a collective. See, yeah. see, when you when you get that big interview one day, you can say, "Well, I'll start it back. I'm bringing on uh, WFHB." Yeah. There you go. Now we got about two minutes left because time is really uh, just flown by. You have upcoming performances that I know that you want to share with us. And then anything else we may have forgotten in, in one minute and 45 seconds. Yes. So we will be playing at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis this Wednesday. Um, we have a show at the Bluebird for, how do you pronounce it? Is the Grand? Grand Falloon. Grand Falloon. I apologize. We have a show opening up for uh, Sudan Archives and Krongbin. Um Saturday, the... 11th will be in Chicago. 14th next week we'll be playing the Black and Brown Festival. Uh, we will be going to Nashville, Tennessee, playing at the Basement East with the Aqueducts on the 17th. And then we'll have a monster show May 31st in Indianapolis at the Mousetrap. All right. And as we sort of segue out of this interview, if you could tell us again the members and where they're from. We have Dexter Clardy, lead vocalist from Indianapolis, Indiana. We have Mike Gronsky, guitar. He's from Pittsburgh. We have Alex Dura 
from Long Island, New York, who plays the sax and the keys. We have the local, the townie, Matt McConaughey on the bass. <laughs> we have Byron Bowler on drums and myself from Indianapolis, East Side, <laughs> Best Side. That's right. All together, it makes up Huckleberry Funk. All right. Yeah. Our thanks to the members of Huckleberry Funk for joining us to acquaint themselves to our listeners and to provide us with a little foretaste of their high energy music, which will emanate from a pop up block party outside the Ivy Tech Waldron Arts Center scheduled for Tuesday, May 14th, which begins at 5.30 p.m. And, and the, it's free, and free it's 99. And the nearby reference or the location is 108 West 4th for that particular concert. Also, our thanks to Josefa Luz, Latino, Latino Programs Coordinator for the City of Bloomington, and Gavin Everett, one of the City of Bloomington yeah. Commissioners Can for I Hispanic and Latino Affairs. I was going to say a huge shout-out to Gavin. Yeah. This is one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my life. Gavin. Genuine. Hey. Always Gavin. supporting Kudos. the scene. <laughs> we'll be running for office next year. <laughs> uh, and uh, for more information, just go to the uh, City of Bloomington's webpage for Hispanic and Latino Affairs for more information on the upcoming uh, concerts. Our show's producer is Clarence Boone with help from WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Tonight's board engineer was Chantal Lafontaine. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. Hey, you guys know who that is. For WFHB, I'm Roberta Radovich. And this is the smooth man, Clarence Boone. Tune in next Monday, May 13th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.